0: Eagles Entertainment. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Just do Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown!
1: You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy that's right of the day. And the Eagles have their first rematch of the year as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 422. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, Right chat with Greg Cosell. Just get our thoughts on the still undefeated team in the NFL. Your Philadelphia Eagles, who now sit at 8-0 after last Thursday's win over the Houston Texans. Uh, Look, there was a lot to talk about from this game. Plenty to chew on after uh, no Jordan Davis in there from the run defense standpoint. We'll get into that. Offensively, a really efficient performance. We'll get into that as well. Good stuff from Greg. Make sure you stick around. Uh, Obviously, we're here to hear Mr. Cosell. So we'll get into uh, our takeaways from the film in that win. Now, before we get there, a couple things we want to make sure we hit on. Number one, Make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you listen to the show. Leave us a rating, leave us a comment, leave us a question. Let us know how we're doing. If you like what you're hearing on the show, if you get if you learn something, if you glean anything that helps you with your Eagles watching uh, on Sundays. Go and leave us that in the feedback. Or if you've got a question about this team, if you want to know something about the scheme, about the personnel, about the schedule, whatever it is, leave the question there in the comment box and we will answer it. Help us help you. And then also you can help us out by help boosting the show up the rankings list. Every single rating, every single comment we get helps us out in the long run. So really appreciate everybody that has done that in recent weeks. And again, if you want a question answered, that is the best place to leave it. That said, let's get into uh, this week's Chalk Talk. It's time now to catch up with Chris. Greg Cosell. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, well, pleased to welcome in my friend Greg Cosell for some Chalk Talk here as we talk through the Eagles win last Thursday night. It feels like a while ago now at this point, Greg, as we sit here on Monday evening at the Novacare Complex. But the Eagles uh, extend their record to 8-0, still undefeated here, the only undefeated team in the <laughs> NFL. Uh, let's talk through uh, the, the takeaways from the film.
0: That's pretty crazy that there ain't no when you really think about it.
1: Yeah, it's insane. But it's hard
0: to win every week in this league.
1: It is, and that's the thing that, that it's tough to remember when there are games because I think there was a, a portion of the fan base and uh, even of the local media that was, oh, you know, a disappointing game for the Eagles, you know, going up against the Texans. They, right. should, have, they should have beat them by more, and it's like, well— short week on the road like it's, t- it's tough it's tough it's it's tough to win every game by uh, by double digits but even still uh, this is still a team that was leading for I mean I think all of this game right uh, and still ended up winning by two scores
0: yeah I mean it was 14 14 I'm sure Eagles fans were thinking what's going on right um, but no it was uh, you know just it was one of those games to me and particularly when I watched the tape that it just seemed like a, a solid performance yep you know I mean obviously they were missing some people but I thought, I thought Jalen Hurts played well. You know, I thought that the Texans did some things out of character defensively, which you never know with a team, particularly when you play a good team, you might try to do some different things. They blitzed blitz far rate. more yep. than they had done through their first, I guess, seven games. Yep, um, They were not a high percentage blitz defense. That's the second or
1: third team in a row we've seen do that now, where they've kind of upped their blitz. Pittsburgh did it the same week right. or did, it, did the same thing the week before. Uh, so that is starting to become a little bit of a trend.
0: Right. And I think that uh, Jalen Hurts handled it well. There were a couple of instances where there were some free rushers at him, and I thought he handled that well. And I think that, to me, is something that, that a quarterback needs to be able to do to play at a consistently high level in this league. You need to be able to deal with pressure. Obviously, as an offense, you hope there are not free rushers at the quarterback, but it does happen and you need to be able to execute and you need to be able to stand and deliver and i think that that's something that hurts did particularly well there were i mean there were only maybe two or three instances but you hope there's not more than that yep. but but he did that and in and overall i made a note he was really good versus blitz in this game um he was sacked twice obviously but he was 11 for 13 for 119 yards and a touchdown versus blitz—that's very good.
1: It was a very, you know, like uh, Yeoman's performance overall. I mean, it was just under 80% completion yep. percentage in the game, uh, to over 240 yards, a couple touchdowns, a 128.9 passer rating. And just you know, watching the film, it was like, all right, like even like getting through like two thirds of the way through, it's like I don't—the ball hasn't hit the ground that often, right? Uh, in this game, it was just one of those kind of matches. But on form. the other hand,
0: you didn't go say, "Wow, these are
1: just amazing plays." Like it, it wasn't like in Pittsburgh right. where you had a couple of those highlights where, like, man, like look at that right, throw right. to the ground you just, didn't have those was, here.
0: And you know what? In some ways that is a glowing endorsement of Hertz's development. Sure. Because, you know, I think when you're, if you're to become a really good quarterback, and I'm sure many think that, oh, he's there already, but, you know, I would say that it's hard to say he's great. That's not a word I use loosely. Yep. But I think if you're reaching toward that level, you want to see those games where it's just about efficiency. You know, not every game can be a spectacular game. And the really good thing about the Eagles offense, and there are some other good teams in this league that are not like this, is Jalen Hurts does not have to be Superman every week for this offense to function at a reasonably high level. Sure, They've got a really good run game. Um, And and they do a lot of things with their run, of which Hurts, of course, is a meaningful and significant part of the run game, but they can run the ball. Jalen Hurts does not have to throw for 350 every week. He does not have to drop back and make special throws every week. He can have a game like the Texans game where he's just efficient. You know he was masterfully efficient yep. without wow without wowing you, and I think that's the sign that you're you're playing at a pretty high level both as an individual and within the context of your offense.
1: No, I think that's a fair point, and I think when you look at uh you know just the the way that they are constructing these game plans. I mean, we talked about the week before against Pittsburgh, all the different changeups they had off of their staple concepts, and even in this game on a short week going up against this zone-heavy defense, one of the things that stood out to me was just how well they were able to run those zone beaters. You know the 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 touchdown. To AJ Brown it was a great cover three beater in the high red oh, zone. Oh yes, yes, uh, yes. They, they ran yes. a number of those tur- turkey hole shots, attacking yes. that gap between the well, corner and the safety and cover two. Just repeatedly was able to attack Houston. Well, what, their what you
0: get in a short week, and you probably know this, is in a short week, uh, particularly against a team that had been defined coverage wise. Now, obviously they blitzed a little bit more, but from a coverage perspective, when y- when you know what you're going to get from the Texans, and, and as we've said many times, coaches coach against coaches. Everybody knows Lovey Smith. He's been doing this a long time. So what you do, Fran, is you whip out your staples that work against what you anticipate getting. Yep. And that's what the Eagles did. They whipped out staples, um, like you said, the cover three beater. You know, that could work against cover against cover four, too. Yep. So you, you do that because your week of practice – it's probably more classroom work than actual physical work. You're not working physically in a short week, so it's classroom work.
1: Yeah, it's more about doing what you do well as opposed Correct. to doing, attacking what the other team does not as well. Right? You're trying. You're try, you You have an idea of what the other team is going to do, but you need to focus in on right uh, on you know exactly what your staples are offensively and defensively right.
0: in a short week of practice. Right, and you know that because they're your staples that you that you've basically put in since the first day of OTAs right. back in whenever that is, April or May, whenever is, um, is you know that everybody knows those, that there's not likely to be a problem with execution of those because you work on that stuff every single day and you feel you can execute those at a high level. That's what you do in a short week.
1: And you do that both run game and pass game. One guy uh, that I felt just, this was a showcase game for Dallas Goddard. He had his fourth 100 yard performance uh, of his career, but also at the point of attack in the run game, Greg, uh, and and this showed up in all of the different Eagles run concepts. He's uh, play side on inside zone. He's uh, play side on, on a counter play where he's working double teams with Jordan Lotta, you saw the wham, wham box. You saw uh, just a number of plays yep. where he's one on one with a defensive end, he's one on one in the wham place, uh, with a defensive tackle. tackle Lopez, uh, yeah. And it, but to me, it's more about like what he does at the point of attack, like those one on one plays with the DNs, well, those stand out to me.
0: Look, you and I both know, and and you know, I've seen this for years watching tape when you have a tight end that can block defensive ends one on one, or whether it's a defensive end or the widest edge defender yep. on the line of that is, whoever that is. Yep. Whoever that is like the Niners with George Kittle. George Kittle can do that. When you have a tight end that can do that, that expands your run game to such a large extent because now your your tackles, your guards, your center, they can do so much more as far as working inside and then climbing to the second level. And obviously Dallas Goddard can do that and that really helps the Eagles run game.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the other guy that does it at the high, at the level that Dallas does, and that's Kittle. And I think that's kind of where the list ends for me in terms of the guys that impact pass game and run well, game you know to who, the uh, level. You, you of know that, who I think that. can do it? And who,
0: it's now going to be interesting is, is Hawkinson. Uh, because yeah. he, he's now with a team with Minnesota that runs the ball. Because he – look – you remember him coming out of Iowa. I remember in my evaluation sheet, I did not have a real weakness for T.J. Hawkinson coming yep. out of college. One thing I liked, you know, because we
1: watched the the crossover game right, this past right. week, they played right, Washington. Right, right. Uh, so watch that film. They they moved him around the formation, trying to try get some tells uh, from a, a coverage standpoint, yep. a hit lining him outside yep. uh, of Justin Jefferson, trying to see if you can get some coverage clues uh, pre-snap. I did like what, they, uh, what yeah. Hawkinson did there. Um, but uh, just going back to just the uh, this Eagles' offense uh, run game once again, kind of yep. had its way. So we saw more of the same there. I think the one thing schematically that showed up for me, Greg, uh, the Eagles leaned on a run play that we haven't really seen them run too much this year, it had been a staple for them in years past. It was that little windback, like inside zone counter play, where it looks like it's going to be zone right, runway, right, right. and then <clears throat> the quarterback turns around and, and right. the, the back kind of puts his foot in the ground and cuts it's back. Kind of, I've always the grain. called that
0: like zone counter. Yeah, because I didn't a, know what else to call. It's it. not. It's not a right. counter
1: It's not a true counter. No, it's not. A tr- it's not duo. It's not. No, no, it, no.
0: It is a, it's a zone counter. It's a play. zone counter. yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what else to name it when I saw it. Whenever I first saw it.
1: Yeah, like uh, they ran it four or five times in this game, and it was a, it was an effective play right. for them. And again, I, I don't think they've run that yet. yet. The here,
0: yeah, that I don't know for sure. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I don't remember seeing yeah, it. I can't anyway. remember every play, obviously, but um, no, but their run game is look like I said, this is a team that can line up and they can run the ball, they can run the ball with base runs, they can run the ball with runs where the quarterback hurts is a big factor, and the defense has to take that into account. And then they can throw the ball mm-hmm. and they can throw the ball off a lot of run looks, too. I mean, this is this is a pretty you know, it's an interesting offense, Fran, because I don't think in terms of number of plays that they run, you know, 50, 60, 70 plays. Of course. Uh, but they it's just the way they get to certain things, and they run those things really well. Yeah, I think the, uh, the other big takeaway
1: for me, uh, you know, just kind of going to dressing up some of the same plays over right. and over— they used to be a lot of motion in this play in this game, Greg. Just under you know, six, just under 60 percent. That was the highest of any game
0: in the, Knicks, in the uh, Nick Sirianni era. Uh, I thought that was that was notable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. I saw it, and then I, I actually looked at the numbers, and from the numbers I saw, it didn't seem like they did. It was a lot of It was only 30
1: plays, which would be
0: yeah. 15th in the league this year. But yeah. I think that speaks to just uh, yeah.
1: it was the highest of for, under, what, the uh, Eagles, for yeah. what the Eagles yeah. typically do because yeah. the, over these two years they've been dead last in the league. Right, but, right, right. Uh, so, so that's you, where the difference raising is. that number yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was kind of notable. Just yeah. a, a huge, huge spike from that. yeah
0: Yeah. so no and and you know I think that that can pose problems for a defense as well because you know motion obviously does something to the defense not not 100 of the time but often it does and then that can that can give you some some research before the ball snapped
1: yeah I got to look at what the the run pass splits were and just how effective you know the the offense was just good uh, this past week uh, against the the Houston Texans let's go over to the, the other side and I guess the Look, the, the big thing, I think the big topic that everybody wants to hear about is the run defense, the run defense, the run, run defense. defense yeah. uh, no Jordan Davis uh, in this right. game. And so the big question was, how were they going to replace number 90 in the middle? Uh, and it, se- it certainly seemed that uh, uh, Marvin Wilson uh, was the, got that first crack at yeah. that job. When they went into their five-man looks, it was number 73 right. inside.
0: I thought he played well. Yeah. I thought Marvin Wilson showed well. Um, I would say there were a few too many snaps where he was on the ground. But overall, I thought... He did a good job. Um, I thought that snap after snap, for the most part, he was a factor, and I think he played 17 or 18 snaps. Yep. Now Tui Polotu also played meaningful snaps inside as well. He kind of started in there, um, but no, I you know again, people are going to look at the rushing numbers, and I and I did take a look. You know, I mapped it out where when they were in their five man run front, that's okay. what we'll call it. Yep, Pierce was 17 for 109 because he did have that 36 yard run. Yes, so you know. Uh, but there was also a a, uh, a drive where I guess they were down, where I think they ran the ball seven or eight times consecutively. Correct. Yes. You know, and and they were, you know, they were getting four, five, six yards of carry. Well, that, and that's the thing is that even going back,
1: because I, I was preparing for this podcast, I said, all right, let me just go and look at all of the runs, uh, like their top their top right. ten runs uh, from the game, and just see like is there a resounding theme there? And um, I wouldn't say that there was like a theme that you know, because it's never like the one magic bullet that says, oh yeah, this was this was the answer <laughs> right, as to why this right. happened, um, but. I was kind of like sitting there, like, all right, well, they only, I quote unquote, only had three runs of 10 plus, right? right? Uh, and so it was a lot of, Six yarders, seven yarders, and those hurt, those stack up. And that, and that obviously keeps the offense ahead of the chains, and you start getting down uh, from that standpoint. But uh, I think, kind of looking at it, they did some creative things. There was the, the, that 36 yarder, uh, they did some, some good things where it was uh, 12 personnel, closed formation. They moved the receiver, Chris Moore, into the wing, and they ran, used him as a puller on counter. Like just some different things where it's like, all right, like, that's a nice wrinkle, and the Eagles had two missed tackles on the play, and that's what turns what should have been six yards into 36, right? right, it's, right. It, it's those kind of things where you're like, yeah, like, well, you I think, correct that.
0: you know, and I think normally, normally on, on long runs, you, you get you get a couple of issues. Yep, And and that's true pretty much of every long run. Some are just beautifully blocked and it happens. You know, that happens. Some somebody steps into a wrong gap and and the run happens. Others, there's missed tackles. Yep, You know, I think those are pretty universal when you come to long runs. But they did have those eight consecutive runs on the third quarter field goal drive with most of the runs coming out of multiple tight end sets versus that 5-2 run front. So that's, you know, people could say, well, gee, they really ran the ball well. And that's a tough argument to say they didn't, um, but... You know, we'll see going forward. I mean, Jordan Davis is going to be out for a while. Jordan Davis is going to be out for a little bit. Um, and the I would say, like, you know,
1: when you talk about the multiple tight ends things, I think one thing that, that did show up a little bit was when they went into some of those closed formations, right. meaning both tight ends on the line of scrimmage, uh, hand in the dirt, and nobody outside of right. them. Uh, they were able, there's a lot of gaps you have to account for, and so often, your defensive backs have to kind of plug in there right. uh, to insert into some of those run fits and maybe just a little bit slow to get there. They got there, but that's what led it <coughs> well, to be a seven-yard run instead of a
0: three-yard, three-yard run or four-yard run. And don't forget, offenses understand that. I see the Texans, the Titans do this all the time with Derrick Henry. Okay, where you line up in a closed formation very often to the boundary, and what you're asking then is you're asking the corner to that side to the closed formation. He becomes a primary run support player. Yep. And not a lot of corners want to tackle guys that are really physical runners, whether it's a Derrick Henry or a a Damian Damian Pierce. Pierce. Yeah, right. Right. So, I mean, the offense views that as a positive. So it's easy to say, well, you got to make the tackle. And if you're a defensive coach, that's what you say. But offensive coaches say, you know what? We'll take our back on the corner any day of the week. Right, and the Eagles will play the Titans uh, here in a couple of weeks, so that will be something right, that right. will be
1: topical uh, for certain when we get to that point. Well, that'll be one team that won't be a lot of mystery to. No, and I do not know on- especially if it, if it is Malik Willis uh, still in right, the lineup right. at that point. Uh, no, and that was, was a hell of a game on Sunday night. To um, talk about two polar opposites uh, in terms of how the two teams are, are trying to uh, make their bones, but uh, at the end of the day, um, I do think obviously, look, this is a, a team where uh, the the run defense has to get a little bit better than what it was right. uh, this past Thursday night. But what was funny was. It's kind of like what you said, like Marvin Wilson, I thought showed up pretty well. You did. As I was taking notes of the game, it felt like every every other play was, oh, that's a good run defense play. Oh, look at Josh Sweat here. Look at right, Hassan Reddick. Right, right. By the way, Hassan Reddick, I feel like I undervalued the impact he could have against the run. He had an outstanding play where he took two guy, two, two blockers and made the tackle uh in the right. backfield. And just the, the way that he is he has uh attacked the run has well, been really
0: impressive. It's funny you say that. And and I'm not, you know, I don't want this to come across. People listening might say, oh, you're being an apologist. I'm not being an apologist. You know, I watch the games, and, and obviously the Thursday night game, I was able to watch the whole game, you know, because it wasn't sure. Sunday when I watched Red Zone. Although I must admit I was switching back and forth a little bit to watch the Phillies, but, but hey. It's okay. Sorry about that. I'll forgive you. Yeah, yeah. But the point I'm making is this. You know, a lot of times I'll see numbers because Sunday I, I tend to watch Red Zone. And then when I put on the tape, like for instance, obviously he had twenty-seven for one thirty-nine, and and we just gave the numbers versus that that five-man you know uh, front. But when I watched the tape, and I'm playing off what you just said, I didn't come away going, "Wow, they are just being gashed." Yeah, that's not I how it's I, I didn't feel that watching the tape.
1: It felt more that way watching, watching on the TV game without but question, but not on tape. Isn't that weird?
0: Yes, that's that's the, the point I'm making. Watching yeah. on TV, you felt like, "Oh, they're having a tough time." Yep. Then I watched the tape. And it, it didn't seem like, I mean, they have to be better. Yeah. That's a bottom line point. Of course. Bottom yes. line point. So yep. I want people to understand that. But it didn't feel like that watching the tape.
1: Right. I'm literally like looking at my notes right now and it's like, all right, the first play I noted, good run defense, Redick uh, taking two, sets now, strong edge, Fletcher Cox on the finish. Next play, run defense, T.J. Edwards and Marvin Wilson. Next play, run defense, Hassan Reddick and Marcus Weps. Next play, screen defense, and then a play after that, run defense, Robert Quinn and Kaiser White. Like, it just felt like, oh, there's a lot of really good run defense clips, and uh, there's, those aren't all consecutive plays, right. but those were the plays that I was noting. Uh, it, was, it was interesting, kind of going back and watching the tape from that standpoint. Um, real quick, one guy that is just on an absolute tear. I mean, number ninety-seven, Javon Hargrave is just five sacks in five days. Yeah, uh, he had two against Pittsburgh yeah. against yeah. his former team. He had a hat trick uh, against the uh, against the Texans last Thursday. And Greg, I thought that Thursday's it was a really good look into one of the things I think he does best. In that his first step isn't always a straight vertical get off. No, I'm, no, no, I'm going to no. shoot a gap. Right, Very right. often, the way that he approaches it, and he has a sense of, okay, the offensive lineman that is going to block me, where is he coming from? I am going to threaten him his opposite gap. So the gap, basically the direction that he's coming from, I'm going to make him think I could be crossing his face, and that's going to get him to stutter even just a tick, and now I'm going to shoot gap because I've got that initial quickness off my second step right. to then get into the backfield. He did it on <coughs> two of his three sacks. Right. He had a couple pressures that way as well. Um, he he's just got such a really good bead on what protection schemes are trying to do to him, and, and it showed up on Thursday. Yeah, he's
0: he's playing really well. The last number of weeks, he's really and, – and you saw well, – I, I, what you saw is when you got into the fourth quarter and they did go to that five-man front – um, he was he was the, playing he, more. Yeah, he was the nose. Yes, because it was they had to throw it was the fast game at that yeah, point. It was yep. a pass so, game, yeah, uh, So you saw
1: uh, Milton Williams step in. Yep. Uh, in his spot. And at And right Williams had event. some
0: good snaps this week too. Uh, I thought
1: it feels uh, like he's starting to kind of hit yeah. his stride. And in these I, last I, and I couple think games. he's been hurt a little
0: bit from yep. what I understand. So uh, you know, I think that he, this week I noticed him more.
1: Yeah, I, I think these last two, I've, yeah. I've started to notice you know notice him a little bit more yep. on tape, which has been good to see for the second year defensive lineman. Another good T.J. Edwards game. Really good playing downhill, beating blocks, one on one. Uh, he had that great PBU downfield, and that throwback, the wheel route. Oh, I remember uh, that, that, came yeah. back on an offensive penalty. But, um, yeah, TJ Edwards I thought was another guy uh, that really stood out for me in this game. But uh, I'm not sure if you have any other notes uh, on, the, on the defense. We can, uh, we can move on to this week's matchup.
0: No, no, I, I, it's funny you mentioned the PBU by Edwards because I made a note of that. That for that was the first play of the third quarter. He re- ran with Howard on the drag wheel. That's a play you're talking about, yeah, it's right? A big time yeah, a big-time play. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It's, it's a shame he came back uh, on a penalty because I yeah. uh, would like him to, to get credit for that in the yeah. box score. But uh, <laughs> no, TJ Edwards uh, continuing right. to show up. Um Let's go down to this week's matchup here against Washington. We'll stay with the Eagles' defense going up against this Washington offense. and uh, It's a different offense from the the one that the the Eagles saw in week three, Carson Wentz on injured reserve. So Taylor Heineke stepping in as the starting quarterback. He's had three starts under his belt. This will be his fourth. Uh, What have you seen from Heineke? How is the offense different with him under center or in the shotgun uh, as opposed to Carson Wentz? Heineke is an
0: interesting guy because he – you know, he he fits that mold of, God, he plays with Moxie. You know, he's one of those guys. He's fun yeah. because he thinks he's Brett Favre. Like, it's right, like to watch him. That is the right. kind of
1: play style he has, yeah, but he, he obviously not Brett Favre. He
0: thinks he's Josh Allen until he throws it. Right. Um, but... You know, second reaction movement, both throwing and running, is absolutely part of his game. Yep. And you have to be prepared for that sure. because he is going to move. And, you, you know, you can't assume just because he's a smaller guy and he's not a powerful guy, but he's highly competitive and he's mentally tough and he's physically tough. Yep. But he's limited as a thrower. So you know that going in. Um, you know, I think that he, he he walks a fine line between being aggressive in a good way and being reckless and undisciplined in sure. a bad way. right, yep. And... In an ideal world, they want to run the ball, and they just have not been able to do that really well. I think one of the things that really stands out to me is I think the interior of their old line yeah, is really having a hard time yeah, running. Yeah, they
1: they're, they're not getting any movement right
0: no, now. No, to center Larson, the left guard Norwell, and the right guard Turner. There were times Norwell and Turner were really good players back a number of years ago. Right now, I mean, through this season, they have had a hard time.
1: That's the thing is that <clears throat> with Brian Robinson stepping in as the starter, uh, the th- rookie third-round pick, he did not play in the Week 3 matchup as he was coming off uh, that gunshot wound that he suffered on the eve of the season. Um, but Robinson is a momentum runner, so you want him getting to the second level with right. a of steam. And if they're not getting any of that movement inside— He has to stop
0: and kind of figure yeah, out, where that, am I going? That's not for him. That's no, not, I think that's no. That's not what you need. He's not a stop-and-start runner in no. a strict sense. Yep. I mean, can he do it on occasion? But that's not really his game.
1: Yeah, I think if Eagles fans kind of think to, like, DeMarco Murray, like that right. style of running, like right. you didn't want DeMarco <clears throat> Murray to stop his feet no, you know, no. as he was
0: approaching the line. Of and then on the flip side, when you get to the pass game, the two tackles are struggling in in one-on-one protection.
1: I mean, that's the thing. The last time these two teams played, the Eagles got nine sacks. And right. I don't know if the offensive line's better. If The offensive line's probably worse right now because Cosme yeah. uh, was the starter early right. tackle. Right, so now oh, it's had...
0: Cornelius Lucas, yeah. who's a journeyman who's been in the league Hey, more power to him. He's, he's probably played an eight it, or nine year guy. And
1: he's giving them good snaps, but he's just not he's not Sam Cosme,
0: and Cosme he no, got beat but, by Baron but The Graham point I'm Richard. making is they both Leno has his moments. Yes. Be, Leno has games where he's very good. Yep. I mean, he's been in the league too for a long time. Um I am sure I I remember doing him. He's Boise State, as I recall. Correct. And, you know, he's had good moments in this league. But uh Leno and, and Lucas have They've just had struggles in one-on-one pass protection, yep. and that's what they're going to get a lot of this week.
1: Yeah, the guards have had their issues, especially against athletic interior yep. players. And then uh, Wes Schweitzer was the starter at center; right. he was their second or third start. He's on injury reserve, so Tyler Larson, who was on pop the last time these two teams right, right, played, right. Uh, he's in at start at center. So um, yeah, it's it's been tough uh, for these guys up front. And and,
0: and, uh, and the, the point there to make is even if. Uh, Heineke doesn't leave the pocket. If the interior gets pushed back, Heineke's short. So then he can't see clearly. Right. I mean, a perfect example of that, I think, And and I don't remember every element of the play, but the interception he threw to Harrison Smith. I actually think they they didn't fool him with the coverage, but I think he anticipated something else because he looked outside to Dax Milne mm. and Milne was wide open. Yep. But I think he thought the coverage was something different, right? And so he came off that quickly and then tried to throw to Logan Thomas on the dig, and he th- just threw it too high, yep. you know. But there's there's bodies in front of him. He's he's a shorter quarterback.
1: Yeah, and that's the that's the problem they're facing right now is that you don't want, especially going into this game, right? If you're Washington, you're Scott Turner, you're preparing for this game. You just got sacked nine times by this team, you know, eight weeks ago. You don't want a replay of that. So you want to be able to run the football. But if you're not able to run the ball as well as you'd like, that's where. And honestly, like looking at their run game over the last few weeks. It's not like a—I don't want to say like a smoke and mirrors run game—but it's been a lot of like the the jet sweeps. They're going to run a lot of triple option. Samuel. They're going to try. They're going to try and factor in Curtis Samuel and <laughs> yeah. just try and really uh, like muck it up from that standpoint. Right, right.
0: I mean, you hate to use the word gimmick, but I mean, when when you're struggling with your old line, you have to try to find ways to compensate for that. Yep.
1: Yeah, and that's the, that's the problem that they're facing uh, right now. Real quick, let's get into some of the, the personnel standpoint, uh, the, what they're looking at. We talked about the running back, Brian Robinson, uh, J.D. McKissick, who um, has been a, a key role player for them. He's been injured, so yep. he, he's not going to be a factor here, I don't believe, in this game. But uh, Robinson and Antonio Gibson uh, at running back, the only wide receiver, Greg, to put up 100 yards on this Eagles team all season long. Was Terry McLaurin? It might have been the quietest 100-yard performance right, I can remember because right. uh, I, I don't remember him having a lot of big plays right. uh, in that game. But Terry McLaurin uh, more involved. They're, they're and he's to, they're, a really good player. Uh, he's a, he's a great player. Yeah. He's a, it's a kind of a product of circumstance uh, right now with that offense. But um, no, Jahan Dotson. He has he's been out for a, a bit uh, with that soft tissue injury. I believe it's a hamstring uh, with Dotson. But Curtis Samuel in there, Logan Thomas. Just to, what do these pass catchers bring to the table here?
0: Well, we know about McLaurin. Um, you know, I think they're struggling to find other wide receivers who can really be consistent players for them. Yep. Samuel, I think, is a good player, but they're using him more as kind of a, a movable chess piece. a yep. Where's Waldo kind of player, as opposed to just a pure receiver. Yep. Um, you know, they haven't gotten what they hope from De'Ami Brown. De'Ami yeah, Brown was round a second-round right? pick. Yeah, something like that, yeah. You would expect him to be a starting player yep. right now, and he's not. So they're going back to Cam Sims, who's a big body, um, you know, who at times can make plays. I remember a number of years ago, he made some big plays against the Eagles. He's capable of that. He's a big body who can move a little bit. 6'5", 220, Cam yeah, Sims. So yeah. he's no question. He's a big body wide receiver. The guy receiver. who fascinates me the most, and I don't know, you know, he's not their starting tight end per se, but but Rodgers really intrigues me. They he's gave like, him a jet sweep. Uh, I know. Not that long ago, yeah. He's a former quarterback. He moves really, really well. He's probably still learning how to play tight end, but he's a very intriguing player if they can get him more involved. Right. They have got two former tight end, or two former yeah, quarterbacks exactly. playing tight with ends all, with, he, with Logan and Logan Thomas. Thomas. Uh,
1: and I really like John Bates too. He had he actually yeah. had a kind of an impressive. But he's game not going to be explosive.
0: No, he's no. A, he's a right. absolutely a blocker, and possession receiver. In, in this offense right now, yeah, they need, expo- they they, need He's they need not replace. really a big factor because they can't run the ball well enough for him to be a factor. Sure. Right. Uh, um, so, yeah. And
1: honestly, like we said, with the the nine sacks, uh, just kind of reflecting back on that game in week three, um, happened for a number of different reasons. But uh, like I said, the offensive line per- from a personnel standpoint has certainly not gotten better no. since that point. Tough to repeat a nine-sack performance, so I don't, know, I don't necessarily think we'll see that on Monday night. But uh, I, uh, yeah, that's a matchup that you, you'd think that the Eagles uh, right. should be able to take advantage right. of once again. Let's go over to uh, Washington's defense now uh, in this matchup. No word yet on Chase Young, uh, who I believe is still officially listed on pop. He's re- returned to right. practice. There was hope that he could <laughs> return against Minnesota. He did not. We'll see. I mean, right now, it seems he like he could he could be back in the lineup here uh, for Monday night.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously, if he is, he's not going to play 70 snaps. No, I wouldn't think so. So he'll play in selected situations, and we'll see. I mean, obviously, at his best, a really good player, right. but we don't know what he would be if he played. So we don't really know the answer to that. This is—it's a defense that plays a lot of different packages, Fran. I mean, that's one thing that stands out, you know, depending on— I guess how they see the Eagles, obviously the Eagles don't have a fullback, but they play big nickel at yep. times versus 12 personnel where they play curl Forrest, and McCain as the three safeties. Yep. Um, obviously since when they
1: play in the big note, take us through the, the safety responsibilities in there. So cam curl, typically the guy that's going to curl come, come is normally close. the
0: kind of the linebacker yes. safety. Yep. He's normally in the box yep. when they play big nickel. Um, so, Forrest can be, but it's normally Curl. Forrest and then,
1: was early in the season when when, when Curl, Curl was, was out, which was the case the last time these two teams played.
0: Correct. And McCain is normally the post-safety. Right. Normally. Yep. Yep. Um, But then they also play – you know, they started this thing since they got Ridgway, who they like and has actually not looked bad. But since they got John Ridgway, who was a a fifth-round pick, I believe, of the Cowboys from Arkansas, um, they've now played a lot of sort of 5-1 fronts as a base front as well. So, you know, they'll play Ridgway as the nose and the nose shade, and he's he's actually had some good snaps. Mm. Um, And then they'll play in their regular nickel, what you want to call conventional nickel, Danny Johnson this week who's yep. been there on and off for years um you know he played because Wild Goose had played but I guess he got benched because he played in special teams so you know it wasn't as if he was inactive so I guess they feel Johnson's you know the better player to do that um St. Just has probably you know on the outside at St. Just and Fuller this week you know St. Just matched up man to no, man I shouldn't say man to man he lined up over Jefferson whenever Jefferson was outside yep. there were certainly some Man-to-man snaps. They are gaining a lot of confidence in him, and I, I really like him. Yeah. I liked him coming out of Minnesota. Yep. Um, I think he's going to be a good player. He uh,
1: so he played in the slot to start the season, correct? And when uh, things got things were rocky for them earlier in the season, uh, William Jackson was starting outside. Jackson, I think, got hurt going into the Week Three right, game against right, the right. Eagles. So St. Juice came outside. That's when Wild Goose stepped into the starting lineup in the slot. St. Juice, I don't look. That was. If you go back and watch that game, uh, that was a big Devontae Smith game. He had a bunch of those big catches, uh, and A.J. Brown had a couple big plays as well. But Saint Juice had some really good reps in that game, right. and that was actually one of my notes: was that wow, some really good reps from Saint Juice on the outside, and he has stuck there and, and he's made flash plays. Now, the, look, that that secondary is still overall struggling, um, but he had some good reps last week against Justin Jefferson. He had interse- a pick six that got taken off the board due to a you know right, a, right. A, a questionable uh, defensive holding call. Uh, he had a sack. He's a, he's a, a very pro- productive player um, in this defense with a lot of lanes. A lot of length. They actually, the one one uh, metric I'll look at every once in a while for uh, PFF, Greg, is percentage of throws that are contested, contested throws. Right. So DB's impacting the catch point. Uh, right. This secondary is actually number one in contested throw percentage. So the amount of throws that right. uh, are contested at the catch point. And St. Juice, that's, that's kind of his game. He, uh, using that length, of that athleticism to his advantage.
0: And they'll play some dime, you know, with three safeties yes. and three corners. And... Um, Davis, the linebacker, 52, he's um, – I think he's actually gotten a little better. He's getting better as the season's yeah, gone on. Yeah, but, I mean, they still use him as a blitzer at times. Yep. You know, like every team now in the league, they line up in loaded fronts. Pretty much every team in the NFL lines up uh, So, so people know what a loaded front is. It means you have three defensive linemen to one side of the offensive center. Normally you see stunt concepts from that look, but they'll also rush five from that look with Davis as the fifth rusher.
1: Pain uh, inside his horse. Yes, I mean, he, yes, he has been really, really good this season. Yeah. Jonathan Allen has been very good as well. He's been f- fighting through injuries, but still very productive. Uh, Ten sacks between the two of them. Twenty-one TFLs between the two of them. So, um, and both guys stood out in that last Eagles game. They, that that week three game for the Eagles offense. Probably the – and I'm not even looking at the numbers. I'm just going off the top of my head. Probably the worst rushing performance uh, from the season so far. This is a good run defense, and those 2D tackles are a big reason why. they're very good. Um, And and when you get Sweat back out there, he's back from injury. You get Chase Young uh, potentially out there. Uh, That front, not just against the pass, but against the run, is pretty pretty formidable. Is Holcomb on IR? So Holcomb is not on IR. He is battling through uh, a foot injury. Um, Was out this past week. And the week before. Yeah, so I'll – give me one second. I can tell you. He's not on IR – but I will tell you what the uh, what the latest is with him. Um, bu- 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 this is great podcasting. Uh, just yeah. uh, nothing, nothing imminent. In you won't terms find of, anything. Because yeah, they, they I, haven't haven't found, I haven't found yet. anything yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But latest yeah. was just that he was out uh, this past week. They're actually missing uh, David Mayo as well uh, from that line. So Bostick, so Jay, was a lot of John Bostick. Uh, seems like a, John
0: bostic has been in the league for twenty years,
1: and he's been with Washington like three different times, I know. And, and seems to have you, like you know what uh, the guy's had a hell of a career, here. no question. Yeah, I mean, uh, second round pick out of Florida. Yeah, he had some huge collisions in this past year against Minnesota. Spostick, he yeah. is a collision that's, player. Um, he's
0: put together now. Yes, yeah.
1: uh, no question. Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of this defense right now, Greg. I think when you look at um, you know from a coverage standpoint, certainly more zone than man. Uh, they've kind of changed up a little bit over the course of the season. Not as drastic as what they did a year ago, where right. they they switched so much from uh, from man to zone. But I, I think when you look at uh, the way that this defense plays, I think you kind kind of have an idea of what to expect. That that front. Is still, it can be that a huge front weapon,
0: can still be very disruptive, yes. And if you're not careful, they can make some dominating plays, yeah.
1: And it's sneaky because they're like 16th in sacks, but they're first in QB hit percentage, they're second in knockdown percentage, uh, they're in the top three in stunts. You'll right. see plenty of stunts, uh, with this group, so that's something to watch out for,
0: uh, as well here uh, in this game. No, I mean, it's Look, they're they're four and five. Obviously, they, they had a tough loss in a game that they probably felt they should have won because they were ahead going into the fourth quarter by yep. more than one score, by the way. Yep. Um, but no, they've been a very competitive team. And defensively, they do have some quality players. Yeah, no no question. And
1: plenty to uh, to comb through here. And we will do so next Tuesday night uh, here uh, right, uh, on the uh, the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Greg, thanks so much for joining us here for Chalk Talk. And we will talk to you next Tuesday. Thanks, Rand. All right, so great stuff there from Greg Cosell. Thanks to him, and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novocare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.